This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Dave Schneider from Round Mountain Water and Sanitation District. Dave, welcome back to the program. Gary, thanks for having me. I appreciate this. Now, we've spoken just a handful of months ago, but you're back because some important water has gone under the bridge, as as we say. Before we get to the details on the tap moratorium, remind us of your background and how you became part of Round Mountain. Um, I was introduced to the water and wastewater industry when I worked up at Horn Creek starting in 2008. By 2011, I was their water and wastewater operator and then saw an opening at Round Mountain in town and applied for that. And I've been with Round Mountain ever since, since 2013. Okay. For those unfamiliar, what's the responsibility and the scope of Round Mountain Water and Sanitation District? Well, it's twofold. Our main purpose is to provide safe drinking water on the water side and to provide effective wastewater treatment on the wastewater side. And the organization has been around quite a while, as I recall. It started in 1969, implemented in 1975. Okay. And the towns of Westcliff and Silvercliff turned this over to the organization? They had two water systems, and everyone was on their own individual wastewater septic tank. So in 1975, the two systems were deeded to Round Mountain, and they took over the water and wastewater. And you deal with the towns of Westcliff and Silvercliff as opposed to farther in the county? Right. Our district boundaries extend in a larger area, but our actual operational area is simply the recognized towns of Westcliff and Silvercliff. When last we spoke, when last we spoke, you thought that the conventional solution, which was about almost fifteen million dollars, was going to come up short for funding at all levels, and you were literally heading out the next day to check out a less expensive possibility. How has that played out? It's been fun and exciting to find a, a different alternative, affordable and effective wastewater treatment. We've been looking at something called electrocoagulation, which I think I brought up last time. Mm-hmm. Most people have this, what I would call a black box first initial concept of this. It's this magic little thing that you find on TV. We've done two sets of extensive testing with this. The last one was in January 4th. And that second test came out very well. Were we able to completely remove all the arsenic and get phosphorus almost to our target level? So we are excited at the progress. Arsenic occurs naturally at a very small level. What what are the acceptable levels for arsenic? Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment's actionable level is 10 parts per billion, is considered safe drinking water. We have about 2.5 parts per billion coming in our from our wells. And catch us up a little on how you came up with this new possible solution and how you chased it down. I was introduced to this by Yaro Spitzfaden, who lives in the Valley. She worked up at Red Rocks Community College for a number of years and was introduced to the process up there. She encouraged me to look into this took me a few months to look into this as I was trying to pursue funding, but once I realized funding was no longer a, a reality, then I started pursuing this electrocoagulation. 
Now, in a decision that's been over a year in the making, uh, Round Mountain Water and Sanitation District voted at the end of last year to suspend all new sales of water and sewer taps uh, in the district as of January 1st. Catch us up on where we stand on that. Yeah, unfortunately, we had to take that pretty extreme measure. CDPHE wouldn't allow us to do anything in the interim as far as expanding our plant so the only thing I could do is reduce the amount coming into our plant. So that's what was the major reason that we had to do the moratorium. We are actively pursuing and getting more people on board with this new potential wastewater treatment method. And as far as timing how long, I wish I could tell you, but I can't. It's going to be at least a year, possibly two years, I'm hoping that within a year and a half or so, we'll have some type of solution. And if this current solution uh, continues to play out as well as you hope, what are the steps that you'd go through? So we have done two tests primarily on the electrocoagulation process and have been very pleased with the results. Fortunately for us, there's a small town in central Oklahoma that has a wastewater treatment plant that we are currently thinking of designing. They've been running it eight years with very good results. They have graciously allowed us to basically use their plant as our little project plant that we can play with to see if we can get the results that we need. Their limits that they have to get are very relaxed compared to ours. So we're excited to be able to use this as a pilot program and uh, it'll save us literally millions of dollars that we can play with their plant and not have to build one that we can play with. So we are excited, and it will sh- it'll cut down the time significantly in this design and approval process. That's a great opportunity to uh, go to school on somebody else's plant uh, in, in terms of the calendar and dollars, for sure. Correct, yeah. We'll spend a little bit of money doing sampling and some testing and maybe adding whatever we need to here and there, but... It would be a fraction of the cost of installing a, a pilot program up here. Before the moratorium went into effect, you got the word out to the community. Uh, you were here on this program. I know you had a several meetings and all. My guess is that toward the end of the year, you might have got a flurry of requests for new taps. And I, I saw in the paper that 77 was the number. How does that compare to previous years? Yeah, we did get a run on the bank, so to say. <laughs> <laughs> When I came to work in 2013, if we sold one or two taps, we were thrilled. The last couple of years, we've been selling 15 to 20 a year. So it's definitely a jump up from what we would consider normal. So obviously, if people got the paperwork in before the uh, end of the year, they can move forward. Right. They have 18 months to get their project and that water hooked into an inhabitable dwelling. If that doesn't happen at that time, they can either come to the board and ask for a variance or we will give their money back from that tap purchase. You had mentioned just a few minutes ago that you thought could be a year and a half to a couple years, but it's very speculative at this point. (laughs) What goes into when that final date would uh, be solid? Well, there's two big hurdles. One hurdle is to find out if this new technology will consistently meet the effluent standards that we, we need to meet. The second is to convince CDPHE that this is a viable treatment and have them officially approve it. 
Those are the two main hurdles. However, CDPHE is realizing that within five years, there will be over 1,200 of us little small rural districts that will be out of compliance. As the limits that we are currently having to reach, everyone's going to have to reach within five years. So they are very open to our research. They are consistently asking for more information. They've done themselves some research and testing on the electrocoagulation unit. So I'm excited because I believe it'll not only be a solution for us, but a solution for rural Colorado going forward. Last year when you were looking at a $14 million solution that you knew would be extremely difficult to fund, how many other uh, similar organizations in the state of Colorado do you think existed that, were, that had the same basic problem? There are a couple of small districts in the eastern Colorado. The most recent one that I'm aware of is Uray, is in the same situation we are. Their new plant is costing $20 million, and wow. they're... They're in the same boat. They cannot. It's so far out of their wheelhouse. They're going, <laughs> what can we do? So a lot of folks are going to be tuned in to what Westcliff is doing here, Westcliff and Silvercliff. Yeah, Colorado Rural Water Association is uh, an effective association for rural water and wastewater systems. I introduced them to this electrocoagulation. They are very excited and have invited the, the makers of this uh, technology to the state convention here in March, and they'll be exhibiting and doing some training classes on it. So we're excited. Well, good luck on that. A lot of people will be staying tuned locally and farther into the the state and the country. Let me ask, when you were here last time, you mentioned kind of an interesting new app where people could read their own meters in essence. So remind us a bit about that. Yeah, we did replace all the meters with an automated meter interface. So our guys don't have to go tromping around in the snow to read those meters. Uh, it all comes into the office. Uh, as that software interface is pretty much matured and operational now, we can now offer our customers your own application that you can register and sign up for. And that will give you complete view of your meter and what it's doing, you can set alarms, and the the handful of people who have done it have really, really liked it. I'd encourage everyone to sign up for that. Okay. We've talked a lot about the issue at hand, but I suspect you've got other projects in the work. We do have two other major projects ongoing. One now is the uh, replacement of our primary municipal well we call the Smith Well. We have design documents that are being improved right now by CDPHE, and we are currently putting in the solar array system that will operate that. We also are in negotiations with Upper Arkansas River Conservancy District and doing a collaborative project with a reservoir that is needed down here. And that is moving forward. We're, we're seeking funding for that also. If we put that in, that will really help our water side of our system keep relevant for the next several years. It'll keep us in good shape on that water side. Sounds good. How does Round Mountain operate in terms of people? How, how big is your staff? And, uh, and you have a board that uh, you work with, I know, also. Right. We're defined as a quasi-governmental, so we are government, but 
we're a little different. So we do run on a board elected by the people in the district. Uh, there are six full-time staff. We have two office personnel. I'm the district manager, and then we have a operations manager, and then two field techs. That sounds like quite an operation. You've come a long way since Horn Creek, it's, I suspect. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's been a, a bit of a cannonball jump into the deep end learning curve, but I'm excited where we're taking this. Uh, just financially, last year was our first year in our budget that Round Mountain was was able to fund its budget by fees and other means, and we didn't have to steal water and wastewater tap money to fund the normal operations. So we are in a better place and a good place moving forward. What's your advice to someone considering purchasing land with an eye towards development? In town, it's going to be a challenge. Because of the unknown nature, you probably won't get a building permit until you're guaranteed water and sewer. So in-town projects are probably going to be on idle until we get this situation addressed. Dave, what else should folks know? If you have any questions or have been around town and you hear differing stories, you are more than welcome to come in at any time and essentially get it from the horse's mouth, you could say. Uh, willing to talk and to discuss any questions or concerns with any Republic, and we appreciate you guys. And Dave, your offices are? We're just north of the of the four-way stop here in Westcliff, where the horses are in Sturmer's <laughs> building where the art gallery is. Very good. Dave, thanks for stopping by. Gary, I appreciate the opportunity. Really appreciate hearing the latest. Uh, I know it's important for... Uh, folks in the community and the towns of Silvercliff and Westcliff. We've been visiting with Dave Schneider from Round Mountain Water and Sanitation District. My name's Gary, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 6 p.m., and again on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. I'm walking on a